On this episode of the Capacity Podcast, we bring you Ayush Kumar, a management consultant from KPMG India. He'll be talking about the very basics of what being a consultant is like and what qualities and mindset a consultant should have. He'll also be digging into his past to showcase some of his learning lessons and failures on his road to success. Make sure you tune in for Ayush's discussion about the value of failure, as well as his interesting start in aerospace engineering and his work in a company producing elevators before coming into the world of management consulting. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Ryan from the 180DC APEC Summit. Uh, with me today is Nandini, our co-host, as well as Ayush, our guest for today. So Ayush is a management consultant from KPMG, and today we're kind of looking into his um, basically what consulting is, you know, what this beast is, and kind of Ayush's unique journey into consulting itself. So Ayush, uh, welcome to the podcast, firstly. Thank you so much, guys, for having me here. So in our series, we're aiming to showcase the different kind of, you know, flavors, the spices of consulting. So I noticed that you are a brand, business, management, and marketing consultant. Wow, that's, a, that's quite a handful. So what does this actually mean on a day-to-day basis? Uh, so not very much. So essentially, you can divide all of consulting into three buckets, three major buckets. One would be on the say you can call it the tax side where you manage the taxation for a company one would be on the cost side which would be operations which would be supply chain where your basic goal is to help the company reduce their costs and the third i would broadly call it the revenue side where you're focusing on helping the company scale their revenue so this would be new market entry new product development sales acceleration so generally since you've you would have seen my journey has been on the revenue side so that is the side that i work on right now so that doesn't necessarily mean that i'll be a marketing consultant to companies for example my previous project was an indian player in the mining industry wanted to enter the australia market my current project is a robotics company that sells to uh, manufacturing units in India. They want to forex their sales. So those are the kinds of projects that we work on. So I would just I would call it more revenue side consulting than anything else. So, I mean, I guess it's part of a consultant's job to work with a lot of different companies that have a lot of different kind of business models, products, etc. So how's it like kind of working with all these different clients with so much, so many different needs and I guess behaviors as well? So I'll let me answer it this way. Uh, I was on a project in another Indian city and that project was on the it was a pharmaceutical client and we had to work at their plant and help them figure out how to manage their operations better. 
Now, I have never worked in pharmaceuticals before. And the way consulting works is that you go in as a consultant and you're expected to learn within a couple of days how everything about the company works. So for a normal person who's being onboarded into a company, say you go to work for a company tomorrow, you will maybe have like a two-month onboarding. We're told you have two days. Because after that, oh, wow. your time costs. So uh, I went there for, I was there for about two weeks and my mother messaged me. She's like, how's it going? And I'm like, I am terrified about 10 times a day. <laughs> Because I don't know what's happening. So you're working with a lot of different clients. You're working with a lot of different business models. You're working across various layers of an organization. That comes with its own challenges because you're not part of the organization. But during the time that you're there, you sort of are. So you have a working relationship with these people. You're helping them but you're not part of their team. So now the awesome thing about that is that over the course of one year, I will work on maybe four projects and I will learn about four companies and four industries. The con is that I will work on four projects and I will have to learn about four different companies and four different industries. (laughs) So it sort of keeps you on your feet. You're learning every day, which is awesome. But you don't ever get too comfortable because you know that every project is going to come to an end. Mm. So even if you have like clients you really, really, really like, you still have to move on. Yep. But again, it, it evens out because I've heard stories of people. I've been fortunate. I've had good managers. But I've heard stories of people who were not happy with their managers. So then they just had to run out the clock till like you're, you got a new manager, right? As opposed to if you're working in the industry, if you have a manager you don't like, you're stuck with that person for two, three, five years. Interesting. I think that's the same with uh, full-time employment as well, right? Somewhere, right. I, I think if you're stuck with the wrong people, it's it's tough to... Yeah, so your way around consulting it. is the great leveler because you'll have a great manager and then you'll leave the project and you'll get another project. You might not have a good manager, but then you leave. The, you get to leave that one as well. Mm-hmm. Change is the only constant. <laughs> so, um, when you when you talk about consulting, can you give us a small brief of your journey so far? I mean, now now that you've explored it or you've been around, how did you even get here? So my journey has been sort of uh, non-linear I like I know a lot of people who will do their undergrad they'll do their masters they'll end up in consulting and that is all they know which is great because you've had that kind of focus right I've sort of been around a little bit before I got into consulting so I did my undergrad from the US in aerospace engineering of all things The smartest thing I did at that point was realize that I am not going to make an awesome engineer. Now, my parents really wish I'd figured that out before they spent all that money. But I figured out that I could make 
an okay engineer i could make a good engineer i'm never going to be an awesome game changing engineer so i needed to figure out what else i'd be really good at like there's this concept we keep talking about about moving the needle like what can you do that will create significant change even for yourself like i knew as an engineer i would not be awesome at it so i came back to india i was in marketing for a bit i was part of a health tech startup i was part of their day one team like the day they opened their doors i was there i did that for about a year and a half i then did my mba from uh, xlr jamshedpur which is a premium institute but i did it in the worst year possible in the last 100 years i did it smack in the middle of covid which means we didn't really get the campus experience and we were constantly terrified about the job market and then i was in sales for a bit i was working for an elevator company i was selling lifts i was getting paid well for it but i was selling lifts and then i made the switch into consulting and so when i tell you my journey it sounds very haphazard right it sounds a little bit all over the map the consistent thing about everything that i have done is that i have developed an understanding of how things sell whether i'm in marketing for in education i understand who the customer is what they're looking for what are the touch points with each customer when i was with a health tech startup the the good thing about being in a startup is you're part of everything in the value chain so you're part of the selling team but you're also part of the team that's setting the whole thing up i had to figure out who the customer is and how to onboard them in my job selling elevators i had to figure out what my customer wanted if i was sitting across from the customer i had to figure out very quickly exactly what their need is and then pitch myself accordingly so like in one way obviously if i look at my journey the pivot into consulting has been a little bit random but on the other hand it has made sense because i have built that one skill set across industries you can throw me in whatever i can sell i mean that's that's really amazing that you kind of have this one core idea i feel that being able to sell so how do you think um undergraduates or high school students should go about gaining this sort of skill learning this sort of like how to sell kind of skill so uh, i am sort of apprehensive about answering that because when i was say in school i was i mean i was one of those kids i couldn't sit still in one place right and i had a friend and we would always like we came from decent families but we were like no we need to make that extra little bit of money why just because so i mean when we were in school and uh, the concept so you guys are might be a little bit too young for this but the concept of torrenting had come out for the first time and what we would do is we would buy blank cd's torrent a movie burn it to the blank cd and then sell it in school which is sort of shady 
but the point is that we we like the extra little bit of extra money used to be it used to give us a kick it's not like we couldn't get money from home we were just like okay we made like 30 rupees today after working 4 hours this is awesome so my advice to school kids or to you guys i mean i'm not advising you to do the same thing what i'm advising you to do is pick up anything and see if you can turn nothing into something what can you add value in and how can you make money off of it it doesn't have to be something scalable it doesn't have to be an awesome idea that you can go on shark tank with just figure out if i were to sell something right now could i and it's just one of those things you'll do 10 things and you'll fail at 10 things but the idea is fail faster than everybody else that's the whole game if i have tried 10 things and failed at 10 of them that gives me an edge over you where you might have tried two things and failed at two of them so just the ha- in getting in the habit of being able to hustle like with you guys right now i think it is awesome it is very admirable that for this you would wake up at 5 am for this which is part of your hustle that is awesome learning that matters because there's so many people who wouldn't do that so that differentiates you so you keep doing things like this and you keep adding value to yourself beyond whatever goes on your cv you know about you know this about yourself now that you can wake up at 5 in the morning and seamlessly run something like this and that is an awesome thing to know about yourself so just don't sit still figure out i'm going to so i started this thing where i was like i want to learn how customer acquisition cost works i'm 31 now i'm like i'm going to learn how customer acquisition cost works so i tried this and i tried that and i was like how much can i sell this thing for what would people buy it for just running little experiments because i'm learning i'm i'm still learning in the process so that's the only thing the more things you try one of them will stick just don't sit still is my advice to all of you you're young that is an amazing thing to have you don't have to fall asleep at 11:30 pm <laughs> that's i don't know how much of that is true around the world you don't um, have to fall asleep at 11:30 pm <laughs> yeah but, but, but most people do <laughs> so that that's quite fun I think I think you've got some really nice insights because uh I like the approach to failure that you mentioned that, that the more you fail the more you learn the more you yeah. accelerate right I I think that's a as an interesting insight versus you must succeed or or the rat race that the world currently lives in and you will, and, and a, yeah. yeah you will succeed you just have to fail faster than everybody else to get there It's interesting. That's that's a, that's a new perspective to the same problem. I think um, I I really wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, the the hype or the the culture of consulting that that has been put around the world. Because I think the world of consulting has gained more, you know, attraction in the past couple of years. 
Yeah. And uh, I think there has been a very steep upward spike for it. Uh, do, what do you think are some of the reasons or, I mean, what are your comments on the hype around consulting? So one thing that I want to talk about is, suppose you want to go into consulting next year, right? You want to apply at a, let's talk about KPMG for now. You want to apply at KPMG. KPMG would have to have a vacancy that Nandini can fit into. In order for there to be a vacancy in KPMG for Nandini to fit into, somebody else needs to have left. Right? At whatever level. Say Nandini joins as an analyst. The previous analyst got promoted to consultant. The previous consultant got promoted to senior consultant, got promoted to manager. The manager left. Everybody else got promoted. Nandini can fit into the organization. For every Nandini that wants to fit into the organization and get into consulting, there is somebody who's been there, done that, who wants to get out. Right? So, the thing with the hype about consulting is, I so I love it. I love what I do. I enjoy it. Every day, I learn something. Like the other day, my manager and I were having this hypothetical conversation about what if this major motorcycle company acquires this electric vehicle startup. And I love stuff like that. I love those conversations. But for every person that loves the abstract nature of the conversation, there will be somebody who will be getting very restless about, I need to actually do work. Like you put me in the plant, I know how to do it. Don't make me make decks on how to get into the plant. Just put me in the plant. So there has been an upward spike in people wanting to get into consulting. But as with every other job in the world, consulting is a great fit for you if it fits with what you want from life. For every person that loves the travel, there's somebody that wants a little bit of stability. For every person who loves the fact that you change three projects a year, there will be somebody who is like, I did all of this work and I never got to see the outcome. Right? So for, and I'm not going to say for every person that gets extra money because all of us want that. We love that. But, I mean, if that part of it interests you. If you see a case competition online and you're like, oh, I have to make a five-slide deck today by midnight. Yay! If that excites you, then consulting is a great fit. As for why there has been a spike in the last couple of years especially. So every time the world goes to hell, consultants make money. It's a bit of a dark thought, but that's just the way it is. When the world is in recession, consultants make money. When there's COVID, consultants make money. Because over time, what we specialize is in change. We specialize in implementing change management. If you want to enter a new market, that is change. If you want to forex your sales, if you want to go from X to forex, that is change because you'll ha your organization will have to scale. 
for every startup that has successfully scaled there's corpses of a hundred startups that have done well but not been able to scale for every company for movie theater companies for food companies for vehicle companies the whole game for the last two years has been changed how do i adapt to this new consumer how do i adapt to this new way of selling digital transformation wasn't something we spoke about now it's a buzzword this what the three of us are doing right now which is interacting virtually from three different locations was something that was alien to us two three four years ago you guys may still have been comfortable you would have asked me and i would have been like no that just sounds weird i'm not going to do that now we've all become comfortable with it and that change making that change seamless making that change organization wide is what consultants do and over the last two years companies have needed that they have needed to navigate unknown waters and consultants have also navigated those waters with them consultants were also not used to necessarily virtual meetings that would go on for 3 hours so we all navigated it together consultants just are able to bring an external perspective in sort of helping you go through the managed change now consultants are in demand because now companies are like okay we are in a post covid market there's lot of blue ocean that we can explore you help us do that so yeah essentially whenever the world goes to hell consultants make money that's an interesting okay, so, call again <laughs> yeah yeah i mean this super super interesting to hear that you know the consumer of the past has kind of shifted into this new type of consumer that is really different from what we have seen previously so i guess i mean i know this is a very difficult question to answer but like what kind of has changed from the consumer of the past versus someone of the current you know post covid climate so here's the thing the way i see it the consumer needs have not changed we want the same things and we as humans have wanted the same things for the last 5000 years we like food now we don't have to go out and kill an animal now we can order in we like to be entertained we don't have to draw stick figures on a cave wall we can watch a movie on netflix our needs have not changed from a pre covid to a post covid but how we consume those needs has changed how we go about fulfilling those needs has changed so for example in terms of our dependency on online for everything on the internet for everything we are a lot more dependent right like let me give you one example in my head the most change resistant consumer in the world is my mother if she is on whatsapp she is not going to switch to telegram no matter what if she is on facebook she is not going to come on tiktok those are things that are not going to happen she is comfortable with what she is with like the set of options that she has now pre covid she loved going out for movies every week or every other week 
now she's gotten used to netflix so now she the need is still the same but now she's used to netflix so now she won't say every week let's go for a movie now that may happen maybe once a month now that has become an exclusive outing as opposed to business as usual let's go every week so how we consume whether it is content whether it is products that part has changed but again for example education covid saw this huge boom in edtech and all of us thought edtech is here to stay and we were like so all of us like like i was doing my mba during covid all of you would have been at some stage in your education during covid and we had to learn how to absorb information online the same way your teachers had to learn how to teach you online and edtech was like this is what we've been saying all this time now we're going to make money the consumer mindset has changed but it hasn't once schools and colleges opened up again edtech i mean it didn't plummet but edtech did face a fall because we still like the classroom setting if i have five friends i would rather socialize with them in the classroom if i am doing my mba i would rather be on campus it's not even a question so we still have the same needs we still need people we still need to socialize <clears throat> it's not as transactional as log in learn this thing we still need the social aspect of it right we need to be able to chill with each other we still need to be able to chill with our faculty all of those businesses that were satisfying a need a social need are still working bars are still open restaurants are still open so in terms of the consumer we still have the same needs in some things that need has changed is to how we consume so my mother would love going out for a movie with me now if she and i are sitting and watching something on netflix that's good enough because the social element is the same so yeah people people don't change our options diversify okay i mean that's really astute insights into kind of um the consumer in general that like you know people are still social creatures and we need that interaction to kind of survive as well and i mean right. i guess this is a common thread throughout your life it's just noticing noticing you know how some things are different how some things have stayed the same so i guess i want to kind of draw back again into kind of your first foray into consulting so like what was exactly your first you know physical step into the world if i may ask of consulting yeah of consulting of consulting world consulting yeah so for one thing i was terrified uh that's that's a common element in terms of my first step once i'd become a consultant there's a little bit of time once you join an organization which is all trainings and everything and i got put on my first project and uh, my manager told me to put a little bit of he had to put like a four five slide deck together with some secondary research on the company that we were supposed to start the project on 
and i have always prided myself on how well i can make presentations and i have always thought that even if sometimes my content is not good i can make it pretty and then i spent a day and i put a presentation together and i sent it to my manager and he was like okay this is not good and i'm sure in his head he was like okay so this is the person i have to work with for 3 months this is not going to be fun so my first step as a consultant was unlearning a lot of the things that i thought i knew if it's making presentations if it's making decks i had to unlearn what i thought a deck should look like if it's problem solving i always thought that i'm very structured and i had to sort of learn that no there's greater structure out there and there's greater uncertainty that your structures might not work with and from a mindset shift the thing that i had to do which was hard which is still hard is i had to get used to being the dumbest person in the room in every room that i'm in i had to get used to being the dumbest person because everything that i done so tech till that point i was i was either the smart person or at least i was able to navigate right but here so if you're sitting in a room with a partner an associate partner and the company's ceo and they're talking you're just like i'm just going to take notes and later on try to understand what that means so the what i figured out that the way to learning is that you have to sort of crush your ego a little bit you have to not assume that uh, you have the answers you just have to listen to what people are saying so my first foray into consulting was essentially that i had to i had to learn to shut up and listen and my first project my first client meeting within the first 10 minutes in my head i was like hey i have an awesome idea that all of these people haven't thought of and then later on when they were listing out all the things that they have tried and failed they were like oh yeah and we tried that wow that was a disaster i was like okay maybe shut up and listen is a better strategy <laughs> so that's in terms a, of that, yeah that that's a funny thought because <laughs> i'm sure that a lot of uh juniors or uh you know freshers getting into consulting would be feeling the same to some extent yeah that's that's true so i i i had a i had a follow up to you know the thoughts that you were presenting which was um your manager thinking that okay why did i hire this person i'm going to have to deal with this person for 3 months right. i think what do you think in your personal opinion are the are the best qualities or the or the skills that you need to have to even crack a consulting role that does not convert so, into okay why did i hire this person <laughs> so just to close the loop on that uh, my manager and i get along fine we share <laughs> share things with each other on instagram all the time <laughs> that's 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 a good ending to that story yeah okay. so as to the skills required see uh, at an undergrad level or even at a postgrad level what a consulting firm is looking for is 
do you have a habit of bringing excellence into whatever you have done okay there's a very famous thing that uh, mckinsey and mbb sort of are the only ones that look at academic grades and there is a reason for that they don't care if you can explain photosynthesis to me they care about if this was the task given to you <clears throat> that okay you have to study have you been good at it do you bring with you a habit of excellence and that is what that is the first thing that they look for in a cv that is the first thing that they look for in a candidate are you used to being good at what you do and this goes outside of academics this goes into everything so if we talk about if we talk about you guys with like with 180 dc how have you contributed in making it grow have you been part of business as usual or have you made a positive change right are you used to making things better if you say i used to play football was it passion like was it enough of a passion for you to do something with it or were you using it to blow, blow off steam which is also fine but then what are you good at what makes you tick what is the thing that makes you want to be better so like even with sports the thing with sportsmen is i love cricket but i never had it in me to wake up at 6 am to go and play the people who did had that habit of excellence for the sport for me it may have been something else i've been in jobs where i haven't even enjoyed the role but when i made a sale i was like yes so what makes you take what makes you want to be better so that is the <clears throat> that is the trajectory that they're looking for in your resume are you good at being good and <clears throat> beyond that what they're looking for is are you able to solve problems in a way that can make a tangible difference so as an example here's the same resume point okay suppose i'm at a rolling stones concert and i'm in charge of the stage setup and their mic stops working now one way to put that and i went and i fixed the mic now one way to put that is i i am a mic fixer the other way to put that is that i was at a rolling stones concert and their mic wasn't working and i helped them fix the mic which meant that the company was able to save this many thousands of dollars that they might have had to refund or i saved them half an hour in the time that they could have had to get a new mic so are you good at solving problems that make tangible differences that needs to come out in your resume that needs to come out in your interview are you a problem solver are you able to think about a problem in a structured way are your thought is your thought process structured do you think about a problem in terms of okay this is the problem these are the three routes if i do route 1 these are the three things that can happen if i do route 2 these are the things that can happen so if you're able to have structured thinking if you're able to express problem solving and problem solving has become sort of this catch all buzzword 
right? Everybody will put it on your on their resume. What do you do? Problem solving. And that's true. If you're a janitor, you're still problem solving. There is a problem, you're solving it. But what is the tangible impact? What is happening when you solve that problem? Right? And as you grow, the problems that you solve get bigger. The impact gets bigger, right? That needs to come out as part of your personality. That needs to be ingrained in you. That you can solve problems. That you can come up with a structure very quickly on how a problem works. And this approach, by the way, works in consulting. This works in engineering. This works in medicine. If you ever watch the show House, it, it's an old medical show. It's the same approach. Like we as consultants do the same thing, right? I was watching an episode of House and I was like, hmm, maybe I could try medicine next. Because it's the same thing. Okay, you have a problem. It could be these three things. What are your symptoms? Is it this, this, this? If these are the three symptoms, it could be this thing. You're basically creating a hypothesis and validating it. So in terms of what company, and the reason I'm not getting into very specific line items is because your audience is going to be very broad, very diverse. There's no, like there's no one solution for everybody. I was, I was selling lifts. I was able to get into consulting because I was able to show the problem solving part of that. So that's what they look for. Are you, am I, can I expect excellence from you as a way of being? And if I give you a problem, will your brain jump to, yeah, I have a problem to solve. Let's create an issue tree for it. So if that's it, then that needs to come out in your interview. That needs to come out in your resume. Well, uh, thank you so much for sharing these, I guess, very practical tips for our undergraduate audience that's kind of looking for jobs in the kind of consulting market right now. So in essence, expecting excellence from yourself, right? Showcasing that you have this drive to commit to excellence and, you know, embracing the problem solving kind of mindset, um, being happy with being presented with problems and trying to solve them, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure our audience are really happy to hear these kind of practical tips. Um, once again, I would just like to thank you for sharing all that you shared today uh, from the very start where you kind of showed us, you know, what even consulting is, then, and then going into kind of your journey into consulting and giving all these practical tips to audience, including, you know, we want to fail more and fail quickly. Um, expect excellence from ourselves, embrace problems. So I would really like to thank you just for coming on to the podcast and, you know, taking an hour of your time this morning to share it with us. Absolutely. It's been, it's been my pleasure. And I hope you can get some sleep now, first of all. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Once again, this was Ryan and Nandini, your host for today. And this has been the 180DC APEC Summit Podcast. Thanks so much for watching. Thank you, guys.